We have a New Testament reading today from Ephesians chapter 6. We'll be reading verses 1 to 4. You'll find it in your pew Bibles on page 979. Hear the word of the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first command with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It's every child's favorite, favorite verse. Or maybe it's every parent's, parent's favorite verse to share with their children. I almost sing it. We have a CD that we listen to with our kids that has a little tune that it puts to this song. So I almost want to sing it, but I won't. I will spare you of that. You know, I was in a conversation one several years ago with a couple who was very new to the faith. And they were, you know, you could probably say they were just beginning to explore Christianity. They had not yet made a profession or, or anything like that. But uh, one of the things that for some reason what they were kind of hung up on was the Ten Commandments and the, the place of the Ten Commandments uh, for the Christian. And it's not usually the, you know, the first conversations I have with somebody who's new to the faith. Um, I don't, you know, it's not usually where I would start, but this is what they had questions about. And so because they had questions, we kind of looked and were reading certain scriptures having to do in the New Testament with the Ten Commandments, right? What, what application do the Ten Commandments still have? Is there still validity, I told them that, you know, the, the morality of the Ten Commandments is, is both implicitly and explicitly repeated in the New Testament as something even for Christians. I took them to 1 Timothy 1, which says this. Paul writes, Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient. For the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and it continues. What we have here is Paul walking through, very clearly walking through actually, uh, each part of the Ten Commandments. He uses maybe different words to describe the sins that he's talking about, but he, he, he walks through it. This didn't, you know, this, this wasn't quite uh, maybe the, the eureka light bulb moment for them. It didn't really uh, connect, and we kept talking. I could have taken them to Jesus when he spoke to the rich young ruler. You remember this story? The rich young ruler that comes to him and, and speaks with him. And Jesus says, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. I hear Jesus walks through the, the second table of the law. But where we went ultimately was to Ephesians 6. And it's not maybe as uh, full as those other passages. It doesn't walk through a bunch of different uh, parts of the Ten Commandments. But when you read this passage, the one that we just read, what you have is Paul applying not just a command from the Ten Commandments, but also the promise that was given in the Ten Commandments to those who are in Ephesus, right? In the church in Ephesus. These are people far outside of the land of Israel. 
Right? The command has enduring application to your life as a believer and not, not just as a command, but also as a promise. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It's fitting. It's natural. Right? That is to say the fifth commandment speaks to something that is, is inherently true of the world according to how God has made it. His desire, his intention in the way the world is to work. And to be consistent with God's intention in this life, you must honor your father and your mother. Uh, For those who heed that command, there's a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And again, we know that this isn't just a a promise about the specific land of Israel uh, in the Old Testament. It's not just about Canaan, right? This isn't just talking about some holy land real estate because Paul applies it to those who are far outside of the land in Ephesus. He says that promise is for them as well. This is a promise then that those who will submit to God in this way will experience a blessing because of it. Generally speaking, that blessing will include long life. But the principle at work here is really the blessing of of what we might call abundant life full life. If you will reject your parents and so reject God, right, reject the order that he has created in the world, then you will not experience the same kind of abundance of life that is possible, that is held out for those who would follow him in this way. But if you trust God, if you submit to him in this way, then you will find his abundant provision for you. You'll find his abundant blessing because this is a promise for you this is a promise for you just as much as it was a promise to Israel at that time that it was given by Moses well we're still uh, working through our series on the ten commandments if you want to turn with me to Exodus chapter 20 where you'll find the ten commandments written we'll be focusing on the fifth commandment today in verse 12, but I'm going to read uh, beginning in verse 1 through verse 12. Hear the word of the Lord. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain." Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. 
Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord, your God, is giving you. This is God's holy and inspired word for us this morning. The fifth commandment teaches that there exists in the world a natural hierarchy. That as the Westminster Confession and Catechism says that there are superiors, inferiors, and equals in our relations together. And maybe even just hearing that kind of makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. Right? Hierarchy, superiors, inferiors. That's not language that we often use, or it's not language that we like. Right? Isn't that a little bit backward? Right? We live in the modern world. We live in a democratic society. We're all equals, right? And the fact that we bristle against the, the very words of hierarchy, of superiors, of inferiors, um, though it might not be language we use a lot, it shows how important this command is for us. If you were to choose one sign of the, the moral and spiritual bankruptcy of our society, I don't think you could do better than to point out the division and the animosity that exists and can be seen between parents and children. Children and their parents, their fathers and their mothers. And the fact is that the family, right, that relationship of parents and children is the primary covenantal unit in this world. It's where faith is nurtured or destroyed. It's where obedience to God is most clearly expressed or rejected. It's where civilization is quite literally built up or torn down. This is how God has made the world. And when the fifth commandment speaks of honoring fathers and mothers, it's referring primarily and first to parents, right? To how children are to interact with parents and vice versa. But, but there's a principle here that goes beyond that, as we've seen in the other commandments that we've been through. There, it's not just... Uh, a simple command in a sense it's holding within it much more there are other relationships these relationships of superiors and inferiors that it's speaking to and let's talk about that language a little bit because we're going to be hearing it a lot right I'll, I'll be using that uh, because it's kind of our confessional language but because it's not something that we use a lot uh, that we don't maybe think about a lot it's good to explain it a little Superiors are those who hold uh, positions of authority over you in some sphere of life. It may not be all of them, but in some way. Inferiors are those who have someone in a position of authority over them. It's not a statement about your value as a person. right? It's not a statement about your, your ontological value. But it's a statement about your position in relationship to others. And one could be a, a superior in one sphere of life while being an inferior in another. So, for instance, you could be a father. And in your home, that makes you a superior, right? To your children, you are the superior in that relationship. Uh, but you still have the civil government that rules over you in the civil sphere, right? And in that way, you are an inferior. You have those in authority over you as well. Someone might hold office in the government, and that may make them a superior in a certain way in that particular sphere of life. 
But if they walk into the church, they are an inferior under the elders of the church. So you see, you can, you can be both of these things at the same time. It's describing something about your relationship to other people. And thus, how you are supposed to treat other people. We're going to focus on the home as we look at this commandment. Because the home is, is very much so the centrifuge in which um, these things are made clear or, or distinct. Where you can see whether there is rebellion or honor. But this application follows to all these other, other spheres. right? It, it, it follows out. It moves outward from there. So we want to keep that in mind. Thomas Watson, uh, an English Puritan minister from the 1600s, breaks this down. He says there are, there are five different kinds of fathers, quote, unquote, that this really speaks to. The political father, which would be like the civil magistrate, civil government leaders. Ancient fathers, um, and this would be ancestors, whether living or, or past. Uh, and so this is just those who are, who are older than you. Spiritual fathers... This would be elders or pastors in the church. Domestic fathers, which, you know, uh, when he's speaking, it may have looked a little bit different, but uh, for us, we would think of this as maybe like employers, right? Somebody that you work for. Lastly, he speaks of natural fathers, right? This is the, the father in the home. This is how we most naturally take this commandment. And it starts there and works out into all these other relationships, so this command is not just for those who are young children. Now, it is for you, right? Young kids here, I'm, I assume many of you have heard that Ephesians 6 passage we said, children, obey your parents in the Lord. You probably know this command here. You've heard it, honor your father and your mother, right? You know that this is for you, right? This command is for you. But it's also for all of us because all of you are children, right? You're all children. And not only that, but you also operate as a superior or inferior in other realms of life and this speaks to both you don't graduate from the fifth commandment like you graduate from high school the way you honor your parents might change over time but nonetheless it's something that you will be doing um, or you will not be doing uh, for the whole of your life Today what we're going to do is we're going to focus more in general on this, the, the fact of these relationships as they exist, right? The fact of this kind of hierarchy, of these relationships between children and parents, ruler and citizen, right? Young and elderly, elders and congregants. The, the very fact that God has designed the world to operate in this way with these kinds of relationships. As I was working through this passage, you know, originally I was intending to just do one sermon on the fifth commandment, and it's, it's going to be more. Uh, we're going to spend actually probably at least three weeks um, focusing more generally today, and we'll move on to talk about the relationship of inferiors, right? Those who are children, those who are, are inferiors in that sense, and how they are to very specifically honor their fathers and mothers. And then we're going to talk about superiors and their relationship to inferiors, right? How you as fathers and mothers in different spheres are to very specifically act toward those below you. But it's important that we start with this. It's important that we, we recognize this relationship 
or various relationships that God has made so central in this world. So the question that I, I want to put before you today that this text answers is this. Why honor fathers and mothers? We're going to start with that. Why do it? Then we'll apply it more in depth. But why should you honor fathers and mothers? Why embrace and submit to the natural hierarchy that God has made in the world? First, you do so because it's right. It's the language that Paul uses when he speaks of this command in Ephesians 6. Right? It is fitting. It is in line with the way things have been created. A tree grows as it puts roots down into the earth and it reaches its branches up into the sky so that its leaves can receive the light of the sun. If a tree decided one day that it wanted to stick its leaves into the dirt and put its roots up in the air, it wouldn't work. Right? That's an absurd image because it, it can't happen. It's not fitting. It's not right. It's not consistent with the way that God has made the world. And the family is a microcosm of the whole world. It's a microcosm of how God has made everything, both physically and spiritually. And to reject the authority structure or hierarchy that's, that's in the home, that is seen in the home, that's inherent then in the rest of the world, that is to revolt against reality itself. Right? It's to revolt against God's intended design. To add dissonance where there should be harmony. It's just, it's out of place to do so. The world that you have been born into was created by God as a kind of ordered dance. You should think of the, the world that you live in as almost like a, a ballroom. You imagine it that way. Each person has their role, leading or being led in movement. And when either doesn't play their part properly, when either missteps, it can throw off the movement of the whole room. A child is not born and then instantly put into leadership. Right? You can think of you know, maybe kings or queens that ceremonially are considered kings and queens from the time they're young, but they're not actually leading because that would be inconsistent with how God has made the world. It's not fitting or proper. It's only after submitting that one is given authority. So the properly ordered way of one becoming a superior is time and obedience. It's beginning as a child. You should honor your father and mother because it is the properly ordered way of living. And nature itself makes this clear. right? Just, just the natural way of things. Children are not born ready to lead in any way. Right? They're not born just ready to start being fathers and mothers right from the beginning. It, it doesn't work that way. It takes time. It takes development and growth. It takes discipleship. It takes first submission to God's ordained way of doing things. And this is true of spiritual life as well. It's not just the natural way of things. This is the spiritual way of things as well. In fact, this is obvious in, in every sphere of life, right? Not just in the home. There are hierarchical relationships that 
you know, require different duties of different parties. And you have to start in the place of uh, an inferior. Right? You, you may be born a citizen of this country, but you're not going to vote. You're not going to hold office just because you were born. There are other requirements that you first have to meet. Right? We don't have babies at the ballot boxes. At least not yet. I don't know where things will go eventually. But why don't we? Right? Have you ever thought, why, why, do, why are there requirements for certain things? Well, because obviously, naturally, we all understand. You have to come to a certain point of maturity before you can take on certain responsibilities. You have to grow into authority. You have to grow up before you can pass wisdom down. It's someone who's been working the job for a long time that can actually teach the new guy, right? When the new guy comes in and starts telling the guy who's been working for 40 years, well, this is how you should do it. That's, we see that and we think, wow, that's, that's wrong. There's something wrong about that, right? That guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's not been around. That's because this is the natural way that God has made the world. You were created by God in this world, right? Thrown into this cosmic dance and to take your part in it, you don't start by leading. You start by following, by learning, by growing, by submitting, by obeying. Secondly, why should you honor your father and mothers? You should also honor your fathers and mothers because they are from God. And to reject them is ultimately to reject God himself. Thomas Watson says this, he says, you cannot honor your father in heaven unless you honor your earthly parents. To reject your place in this cosmic dance, so to speak, whether as a leader or follower or the musician in the corner, you know, uh, whatever part you play, it, it's to reject the Lord who invited you, who brought you in to his home for this purpose. One of the most fundamental forms of rebellion that you might take part in, rebellions against God, is in rejecting the authorities that he has put over you. Most profoundly, most specifically, the authority of parents. And that might sound extreme when we put it that way. That, is it really, you know, one of the most fundamental forms of rebellion? We have this... Uh, what I consider almost a kind of cultural psychopathy that says that it's just, it's normal for kids to just rebel, right? That's just, it's just kids, right? right? It's normal for kids to grow up and reject their parents, reject the way of their parents, to rebel against their family, right? They, well, they have to kind of make it on their own in this world. They really have to come into themselves. And we just, we make excuses for it like it's normal. It's not or maybe it is normal to us, but it's not right. It's not how things are supposed to be. Think of how many Disney movies you maybe grew up watching. That's simply just a story of a young woman who recognizes that her father's wrong, rejects what he wants from her, right? Whether it is to go to fall in love with somebody, whether it is to save the world, she has to reject her father to do it. And then at the end, 
it always ends with the father saying, wow, you were right the whole time. You know, oh, my teenage daughter, you, I wish I would have listened to you. Think about how unnatural that is, right? How unfitting that is. Imagine a young mouse that says, you can't tell me what to do, mom and dad. I'm going to go live with the great horned owls. That's where I feel like I fit in the best. Right? It, it would be absurd. Think about the young gazelle that says, you don't understand, dad. He might be a lion, but I love him. Right? And, and we're going to make a, a beautiful life together. It's unnatural. Okay, and please listen, especially if you are younger, right? If you're in the place where you are uh, becoming an adult, right? You're, you're taking on more responsibility. You are uh, differentiating from your family. Uh, because a lot of false things are directed at you. A lot of false messaging is directed at you. That you need to completely break from any authority over you. But listen, to dishonor your parents is to dishonor God. Right? It's one of the most fundamental and actually one of the most extreme acts of rebellion and wickedness that we take part in. Romans 1 lists disobedience to parents alongside of disordered sexual acts, uh, alongside of hating God, alongside of pride and murder. We wouldn't list it there. But that's where it's listed. It's not, it's not just innocent or normal, not ultimately speaking. It's rebelling against the providence of God. It's God in his providence that has given you the parents that you have. Now, of course, I mean, there is a place for growing up and moving on, for, for uh, you know, leaving father and mother. Um, there is a place for that. And there are times when, you know, parents are uh, expecting things of children, even, even though they shouldn't. Maybe you've had the experience of having uh, a really difficult parent, or maybe you've even had uh, an abusive parent or abusive authority that's over you. In no way does this justify those things, right? Remember that this command comes after the commands about the Lord himself, right, directed toward the Lord himself, what you are to give God, the duties that he requires of you that are directed toward him in proper worship, in following him and him alone, obeying him and him alone. So all of this is put into the context of following him. It's not, it's not right for superiors to take advantage of their authority. This doesn't justify that at all. But for now... We will get to more of that, but for now, the, the point is simply that rejecting completely the legitimate authority of your parents or others in authority over you is a grievous sin because it rejects the providence of God. There may be ways that you can go about honoring someone that's not just listening or obeying every word that they have for you, but to dishonor them really is to reject the Lord. In a sense, it also just rejects history, right? The, the, the story of history as it has caught up to you, as you've been placed in it. To rebel against the, the whole of, you know, wisdom or, or tradition that's been passed down to you. When you reject parents in the home, 
you're going to be willing to reject the teaching of anybody that's come before you. You're going to be willing to reject anything else that does not fit with what you want. Right? Instead of continuing to move forward in a sense, if you think of you know, history as a, an ever-flowing stream, right? we each take our part in it, continuing to flow downstream, to, to turn around at any point and say, no, I'm going back, it may look just like, well, I'm going to reject the authority of my parents and dishonor them, but at its core, right, principially what you're doing is you're, you're rejecting everything that is beyond you, in front of you, right? You will fight that ordained order right back to God himself. And maybe I'm just making the same point over and over again in a sense, but it, it's so important. This is, this is at the heart of so much of the disorder and chaos in our lives. This is at the heart of so much of the, the feelings of being out of place that we might have, of not knowing who you are, what you're for, right? To reject the, the order and structure that God has placed in the world will leave you outside of that order, right? It will leave you in, in chaos, right? On a certain level, what we've done in our sin is mutinied against the captain of the ship. The problem is that no one else knows where we're going, right? No one else knows the proper direction. No one else knows how to captain a ship. And so we just fight with each other. It becomes chaos on the deck. This fundamental mutiny against God in sin, it plays out with mutiny in the home. So why should you honor father and mother? Right? Why does it matter? Uh, it's right. It's fitting. And that's because it's from God. Right? It is God's providence that has put you in the place that you are. Any authority over you, any authority that you have been given yourself, ultimately comes from him. Right? All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus Christ. All authority that we might have, all power that we might have, ultimately is derivative. It's from him. To honor God, you must honor father and mother. To obey God, you must obey your father and your mother. Lastly, you should obey your parents because there is a promise to you. A promise that is attached to obedience in this way. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Right? That your days may be long. We mentioned earlier that this is not just speaking of the land specifically that Israel would inherit, though it was true for them. Right? That, was a, that was a way of direct application to them at that time. But there's a principle at work that's deeper. It's a general promise of blessing for those who listen to God, for those who honor the authority that he has put over them. To do so will lead to a, an abundant life. The tree that grows naturally with its roots in the ground, growing upward with leaves outstretched, will grow. Right? It will, in fact, work. The gazelle that stays with the herd instead of running off alone with the lions will live. Right? The one who plays 
their part in the great dance of the cosmos will be a part of something that really is beautiful, that really is glorious. The promise is that if you will accept and submit to that ordered hierarchy that God has placed in the world, you will experience his blessing. You will experience the the blessing of living according to his purposes. Right? Most centrally, it will be the, the kind of blessing that you can only get from him. You'll experience true spiritual blessing. Right? True, the, the true blessing of, of his enjoyment, of his joy. You'll find that even when others around you are not walking in obedience, when you do, right, you'll know his presence. Right? You'll know that he is glad in in how you're living you will be happy in the happiness of your father in heaven that he's smiling upon you you'll receive a heavenly reward the approval of your father in heaven right and there really is no greater joy than that and not just a joy that maybe you'll experience someday right in the fullest sense someday in the in the fullest sense not until the consummation of all things when christ makes all things new But you can experience that now, right? You can live in a way that you know that you're pleasing God and you know his love and his joy and you begin to experience it now. That doesn't make it easy, right? The the blessing that is attended, the promise that's attended to this doesn't make it easy to do all of this. It is ultimately a discipline. It's something you must be disciplined into. It takes work. It's hard. But over time, you can become more aware of the approval of God. You'll be encouraged by his spirit that's at work in you. Right? As he continues to produce in us that which is pleasing in his sight. So that that heavenly spiritual blessing that you can participate in, that's central. Right, because you can experience that and enjoy it despite what happens to you in this world. Right, you can be, the, the apostles can sit in a jail cell where they await punishment and they can sing. Right, they can sing with joy in their hearts. How do they do that? It's because there is a, there is a, a spiritual blessing that they already were participating in through Christ. So that's central. That is what is ultimately promised here. But there's more than that too. That's not it. Because this is God's world, even though it's marred by sin, it's not so marred that it doesn't still, in general, work according to his will. And so as you obey him, there there is earthly blessing that will often attend you. Not always. Right? This, is, this is a general truth, a general rule. But honoring your parents will lead to great peace in your relationship to them. And because of the, the fundamental nature of your relationship to your parents, it will lead in peace to, in other relationships. Right? It will lead to more of a sense of belonging. It will put less stress on your life. Because this, this is the microcosm of the whole rest of the world learning 
to honor authority in the proper way that God has ordained in the home will lead to a much more peaceful life in general. The one who rebels against their parents and thus rejects the wisdom of those who are older, disregards the teaching of elders in the church, runs afoul of the law and civil authorities, right? they are often going to quite literally have a shorter life, right? quite literally not have that long life that is promised here. And even when it's not short or short-end, it's, it's not good. It's not a good life. It's not a, a life full of the goodness of God. Living a sinful lifestyle has actual physical consequences on the body. It has actually destructive effects on your relationships. It wreaks havoc on one's emotions. It leads to growing disconnection in one's spiritual life, away from those things which might actually bring true peace, true joy. So dishonoring one's parents when consistently followed out by the grace of God, he, he does stop our sin at times. Right? He hedges us in that it would not be consistently followed out. That is his grace and mercy at work. But, but if it is to be followed out, the heart of sin in dishonoring your parents when followed out, it will lead to a less abundant life, to a lower quality life. Ultimately, it will lead to judgment as you work against the way God has made the world. So we'll cover, we will get to more specifically, okay, how do you, how do you live then as a child toward your parents? How do you honor them more, more specifically, right? We want to talk about this in detail. Or how do you, as somebody who is a superior in your relationships, treat those who are, are below you, who you have authority over? But even to start with that, right, we, we need to start with this, to see the goodness and the beauty of God's created hierarchy. Right? Why is it good? Why is it right? Why should you honor father and mother? Because it's right. Because it's fitting. It's, it's the way that things were made to be. It's the way that you were made to be. Right? It, it's the way that you were made ultimately to live. This life is from God, and to honor him, you must honor your father and mother. So we do it because it's from him. It's his desire. We all say that God is sovereign, right? We agree. He's sovereign. He's king. He plans out our life. And then we get put in positions where there's those in authority over us, and we think, well, but I know better than them. Or, well, but I should be the one in authority. And it's, it's almost as though we forget that God is sovereign, that he has placed us in this position, and he has directed how we are to live in it. And it's only through that, it's only through that submission that then he will give you a place of authority. So we do it because it's from him, and because of the promise, because if you hear his word, and you do his word, it will go well for you. So it's good, it's godly, and it's beneficial for you. That's why you should not just hear the word of God, right? But love it and seek to obey it. Not in the abstract, right? Not just, not just as an idea, but actually in your life where God has placed you. In, in your 
place in that hierarchy, in the relationships that you have. That's where God has placed you. That's where you get to obey him. Even if it doesn't feel right, even if you want it to be different. Right? That is your place right now in this cosmic dance that you've been put into. So you play your part. And by God's grace, you will experience his blessing. Would you pray with me? Father God, we pray that you would uh, help us truly to see your word, um, to hear it, and to love it, to see the good in it, um, that we would not be clouded in our understanding, but that you would, as we have looked at your word, renew our minds, and that you would give us once again a, a desire to know you and make you known through honoring our fathers and mothers, through honoring those in authority over us, through carrying out our duties as those in authority over others. Lord, this is hard for us, so we ask that you would be at work by your Spirit, strengthening us, upholding us, helping us to um, confess and know we're forgiven when we fail. And that as we continue to follow after you in this way, that you would be glorified. And that our lives would reflect the good and beautiful and godly order that you have desired for this world. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.